0: Tonight, and it seems funny that it would fall right as we were talking about this, is nothing is impossible. <laughs> I kind of feel weird saying that after all that. Nothing is impossible. How many of you believe that the Bible says nothing is impossible with God? Hallelujah. I don't just, I know it. I read it. I know it. Nothing is impossible with God. And it's time, I'm going to ring the bell, it's time to start believing it because sometimes we uh we say nothing is impossible we read it from the scriptures but then somebody says oh well man uh this person needs to be raised from the dead or whatever and we go oh man that's impossible you know you know especially if it gets too uh too crazy out there i heard this testimony today i might just sit here and give testimonies tonight but um uh, heard this testimony, I think it was today or yesterday. And so this woman was the only woman in her village saved. She's the only one saved. The village over next to her had a big move of God and there was people in church and everything. But in her village somehow she'd gotten saved and she was the only one in her village. And so her two daughters died. One and they both died. It was a plague. You know, they have those in other parts of the world. And so her daughters died, and so in uh, this country, you have to deal with your own dead. You know, there ain't no undertaker coming or nothing like that. So she carried, and these are like, I think like 12 and 13 or 10, you know, they're up there, that size girl. She carried one daughter down, and there is just this huge long line uh, where you, because there's no you have to dig the graves with a pick and a shovel and so she laid her on the ground and there's this line of dead people waiting to be put in a grave long pretty long and uh because and so she gets the other daughter and throws her over her shoulder and carries her down there and puts her in the right by her sister and then she goes and gets a sack of lime and takes it carries it on her shoulder down there sprinkles lime all over them because that's what you have to do in these countries and it kind of supposed to a little bit keep she they say it doesn't really work that well but keep plague and stuff like that from spreading the lime and so then she go like walk, walked six miles to the town where the church or place is where she got saved And the elders in that church are having a big prayer meeting that day, and so they can't be interrupted. So she sits on a bucket for six hours and waits for them to get through. Now, by this time, I think they've been dead two or three days, two days or so, something like that. And then, uh, so finally, they, they, they come out, and she tells them, and they say, okay, we'll go tomorrow. And so she spends the night. So on the third day, they go down there, hallelujah, and those two girls that have been dead three days get raised from the dead. <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, praise God. Now, all things are possible. Y'all still believe all things are possible. And so it doesn't matter if it's three minutes or, you know. We get excited in America if somebody died three minutes and came back, you know. But And that is exciting. I mean, don't leave me there. And say, let's wait three days, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for you to go ahead. I praise God. But but my point is, we get excited about that. But, you know, three days is okay too. Or however long. Praise God. Mm, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, we'll, we'll go on. I just want to say tonight that God can do it. And what I want to say to us tonight, and I'm, ta- I'm preaching to myself, is we need to let God do it. We need to let God do it here in Tuscaloosa, at River Church, in our lives and in our families. Any of the limitations that we have on God, and we have had limitations on God, or this would already be happening because this is Bible. These are, these are Bible things. But the limitations that we have on God are in our brain. I mean, God's not limited by distance, by time. He's not limited. He's not even limited. Uh, (laughs) You know, we got too much doctrine and not enough believing. You know, He's not limited by praying the right prayer. You know, or even... yeah, He's not limited by any of that kind of stuff. Hallelujah. But we've made up these limitations sometimes through... We're overtaught. We're overtaught in America and so the more and and uh you know the more you're taught sometimes the more unbelief you get in and you know we have gotten so much more comfortable we like to come and sit and listen to a sermon we could we could sit for a lot longer and listen to a sermon than we could pray or or worship and you know hallelujah but at the end of the sermon we'd still be the same and but in a lot of places, it's not that way. They will worship God for twelve hours. They will pray for twelve hours. They and and you know we get in a big hurry about things. We think um, we we like man. We're just not. We need some stamina and some ability to stay in there. If because. Um, You know, somebody does have an issue. We'll go to the hospital and we'll pray a five-minute prayer and we'll leave. And um, and I know sometimes we're discouraged by their reaction and all sorts of things. But but you know, I know that there's there there's a place that we've got to go. And God's drawing us to these higher places all the time, and we're going. But we got to go to a place that um, that we would pray three weeks. For something. And I, so I'll tell you another testimony. Okay. Uh, and this one was David Hogan. One of his guys that worked with him. Because see he has raised up all these ministers down in Mexico. T- that he got them saved. And he got them filled the Holy Ghost. And now they minister with him. They give their whole lives. Their, uh, so. Um, and, and I don't even know if this was just somebody that worked with him there on his ranch. Or if this was a minister. But anyway he got his arm cut off. Everybody works, you know, got his arm cut off. So he brings the arm. He picks the arm up and brings it to David and says, put it back on. I just love that. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so David says, okay. So they get a rag and tie that arm to him, you know, tie it on there. (laughs) And uh, it it turns black, they said, and it got as hard as this table and gangrene is in this part that you know and they just keep praying for three weeks for three weeks they just he just carries his dead arm around and wears it and they pray for three weeks they just don't stop they just pray you know and so they said a piece of skin one piece of skin hallelujah first that's what happened first and then the three weeks he had his arm and he has full full use of his arm Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God is so big and he's so good. I'm so excited about it. God can do it. You know what? Let's just say this. Let's just get it out there. And I'm not talking about this church. I'm just talking about the church, especially in America. There have been lying spirits, lying devils in the church, lying devils, lying devils. It's a devil. There's been a false Holy Ghost. It's called the spirit of religion, and it tries to come into the church and take the place of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! It's a spirit. It's not the spirit of religion is not just a little doctrine. You know, well, that's that's bad doctrine. No, it's a devil. It's a lying devil that tells you that you know. Um, and of course, we love people, and we love everybody that's a Christian, and we love people that have been under deception because, hey, we're not, we hadn't seen any arms attached after three weeks. So we've been listening to a few devils ourselves and we've given up way too quick on some things and some people and we hadn't pressed in and we hadn't been willing to pay the price to pray day and night because we're self, we're so busy with self. It's like, well, I, I need nine hours of sleep. That's me. You know, I used to say I needed nine hours of sleep. Well, we couldn't pray. We couldn't have an all-night prayer meeting. You know, but if it was your arm, you would want us to. Hallelujah, and and you know, um, I don't want to go there. I want to go there by revelation, not by. So uh, we've had a. a, a uh, here's the mentality. I I believe the Holy Ghost showed me this. The, somehow we've gotten this in the church, and man, I am doing everything I can to strip these kind of things out of my brain. But th- that if we pray really hard, God might do a little bit. I mean, isn't that how I've I, I know is that how I've thought? Yeah, you know, we've thought when we come to prayer, we think, man, it's going. It's hard to get those kind of miracles. It's hard to, you know, and you have to pray and, but. It's not hard and it's not about it's it's uh it's first of all it's about being unwilling to give up and willing to go the whole way. And it's also being uh willing to fail. If you fail, you fail. But you still you still did what you were supposed to do. And it's being willing to be embarrassed, it's willing you know, I, I realize God's just been dealing me with a lot of stuff. You know, we are closet charismatics. We don't think we are. We think the people down at First Church that are baptized in the Holy Ghost, and there's a bunch of them down there, that they are the closet charismatics. You know, and them down at Calvary and them down at First Methodist and First Pres and, you know, First Wesleyan. And there are tons of people in this town baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they are closet charismatics. They are. But we have been too. Because, man, we don't It's like we are uncomfortable with being bold. We're uncomfortable with people knowing that we're Pentecostal. We're kind of uncomfortable with praying in tongues right out in front of somebody that we don't know about. We even sometimes get stiff in the church. I say, let's move up a level and let's let loose. You don't have any friends anyway. So what difference does it make? <laughs> Praise God, and you don't. So you might as well just be all out there, all out there. And you know, I tell you what, you will be so salty, and you will be. Did you will people will be like wanting to? They want to know about you because you're, huh? You're so you're so out there. You're so bold. I had my iPads. Uh, on YouTube, and it was set for a David Hogan thing I was watching, and uh, and I had just paused it. So uh, we got off a charter, and on Pastor hates AT and T with passion. He just doesn't. No, I, I shouldn't say that. But that has not been his favorite company. No, <laughs> <imagine>. <laughs> he got you know he didn't like them too good, and then he got really agitated with them over when we moved out of. Uh, the building over there, they want to charge us eighty dollars a month for one line that's never going to be used. To, uh, but we had to have it for the alarm system. Okay, so he's he got disjointed with them. But you know, Charter Internet is just above. I mean, literally, one night I was trying to watch something, and when the kids came home from school, you could mark it down. I no longer had internet because they it's it. it uh, because they got hint in place on one can our neighborhoods on one can and every kid in town every kid in the neighborhood's playing video and sunday night everybody is on the internet so you wasn't just wasn't gonna get any and i mean one night i was sitting there trying to watch a i was trying to watch that holy ghost movie premiere and so i'm sitting there and i'm like and i list i get to hear about three words before i hit the button again because it and I'm like, oh! And finally, just before you're just about to get really so. So, Pastor, he relented. He went and talked to AT&T, and they actually give you you actually have a wire just for you. I don't know. I'm not trying to sell AT&T in here. Anyway, the AT&T guy came, and so he's goes. He's looking at my iPad to see if it's getting Wi-Fi right, and so he mashes the button, not knowing what he was gonna get. <laughs> And by that time, David Hogan was, and he said, it works. (laughs) He did. It was over. I mean, he was like, I noticed he was like in a hurry. I was wanting to ask him some questions about a few things, but he was like, he was trying to get out of there. I know. <laughs> Anyway, okay. So anyway, we want to take all these limitations off and not have that mentality that if we pray a lot, God will do a little bit. Because actually, the scripture says just opposite that in Ephesians 2.20, if you go over there. And this is very f- familiar scripture to us. And pastors has been working out this scripture. But um, it says, um, no, uh, it's not 2.20, it's 2.19. I wrote down 220, but it's 219. (coughs) No, it's not that. It's 2. I'm in 1. That's my problem. It's not 220. (laughs) Well, but the printer wouldn't. It's 119. The printer wouldn't print. Uh, That's not it. Let's try 320. We'll look at it. Ah, that's it. (laughs) 320. Uh, yeah. 320. Okay. So, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So, what that scripture says is you don't pray a lot and get a little, but when you ask, you get what? Exceeding you get exceeding what you ask. You get abundantly more than you ask. You get above what you ask. So praying a little bit gets you a lot. It's totally opposite of what we believed. Now, I'm not encouraging you to just pray a little bit, but I'm just saying you're gonna get your money's worth. You're gonna, it's gonna be rewarded. You can't outgive God in time or any other way. What you sow in prayer, you will reap exceedingly, uh, exceeding abundantly above whatever you ask in prayer. Whatever you ask, hallelujah. And when we pray in tongues, we're asking. We just don't know what we're asking. I've noticed listening to some of David Hogan's stuff that when he is, when somebody's dead and he goes in there, you're like, I'm thinking, okay, what's the big key? What's the big key? Because I need to know this, you know, and I know we all need to know it. And uh, But he basically lays his hand on them and goes, Shalabatakabratikiboho so, and just lays his hand on them and prays in tongues. That's basically it and sometimes they'll pray in tongues for three hours or an hour and then they'll get up and sometimes they're not even there i mean they'll be over at their church having some sort of meeting and some lady over here will get get up and get it get raised from the dead I, I, the one of the testimonies he gave was uh the, his workers were praying about this lady because she they had heard she had a problem, and she was at the hospital she was like nine months pregnant, and uh the baby had died, and so she was gone to the hospital because the baby was already dead and so so <laughs> uh, so she died she ended up dying before she had the baby, and so she's in the morgue. And they're praying somewhere else. They don't even know she's died. But after about three hours, she wakes up in the morgue and gets up. And her husband and the doctors are over there signing papers because she's dead. And day it scares the liver out of them and the doctors take off running and she takes off running after the doctors and so this nine-month pregnant lady is chasing the doctor and david hogan said she caught the one that was fat because she he couldn't outrun the pregnant lady and she tackles him but and the reason she's trying to catch him is because she's about to deliver this nine-month baby because that baby's come back to life too I mean it, I mean hallelujah that's who we are so uh, exceeding abundantly above what we ask so praying in tongues is asking we don't always know what we're asking we may be asking for somebody over in a foreign country or we may be asking for somebody down the street or we may be asking and sometimes we're praying out the future for our own life and sometimes we're uh, you know uh, sometimes we're Praying out the plans and purposes of God. And uh, sometimes we get a little hint. We might say something or we might call out somebody's name. But, you know, one of sometimes I think that one of the reasons we don't pray for people more, individuals like a specific person, is because we just don't know what to pray for them. Or we run out in about two or three minutes. But it's perfectly right and acceptable, you know, for if a pastor doesn't know what to pray for me, he can just pray, Lord. I pray for Debbie today, and So it's time to, uh, one my my heart to you tonight, and God's heart to you tonight. It's time to, to stir up in the things of God, uh, believing. That's all we need to do is keep believing, and we need we need to keep believing. We need to keep praying and we need to keep speaking and declaring and decreeing and uh praise God and we need to get inspired you know when you're um when you're believing um hallelujah you're inspired in your praying you're uh, hallelujah you're bolder when you know a sure sign that you're not really believing is when you're praying real timid prayers you're not being bold in your praying so God wants us out there. He wants us to get out there, far, and and, and so let's turn over tonight. Um, kind of messed my notes up, but hey, this is whatever the Holy Ghost says. Um, <clears throat> turn over to, and I thought I had this down, but turn over to Second Timothy. And if it's not Second Timothy, it'll be First, and and if if it's not that, well, no, no, we'll find it eventually. hallelujah it's second second timothy chapter one chapter one verse six and i know i had that in my note, but you know what guess what the printer wouldn't print today so we may have skipped that scripture accidentally i mean you know you thought you was getting it and all that praise god did y'all know electronics are a lot of trouble Yeah, they can be. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but we're always fixing something electronic in our house. I mean, it's just constant. Pastor is is fixing something. I mean, last week, he the garage door. It won't close. So he's up there fixing garage door. You know, we're always fixing something. Last night, it was everybody in our family. We've had their That man that works on air conditioners, he just loves our family. Because last night it was Colin and Chris. Two weeks ago it was Eric and Anita. You know, it's like we've all just, we're, we are supporting his family right, this this summer. But anyway, yeah, we're always uh, working on something. Ephesians 2.20. I need to get out of that. Wherefore, no, Ephesians 2.20. First, 2 Timothy 1, 1, six. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's time to stir up. God spoke to us tonight, and He said He wants us to go up to a higher level. He also, you know, as that was a good word. Uh, he had spoken to me in prayer before the service, and He told me this for y'all and don't be offended by it but I believe with all my heart the Holy Ghost said it that you you must go up to that higher level because you have got you have gotten all you can get out of this level you've gotten everything you can get on the level you're on and I'm on so we must go up hallelujah because hallelujah we've we've done it we've we've done we did this level well the one we're on we did it good. We, we conquered it. We praise God. So we're going up. So we, stir up, we need to stir up the gift of God uh, that is in us. A, a while ago, a pastor said to me, I, I believe with all my heart that all the husbands and wives in here need to be praying corporately with each other. I know that makes a lot of people uncomfortable, but you'll get a lot done. You'll get a lot done if you will. And so, Pastor and I, a couple of years ago, we made that, because we'd always kind of mostly done all our praying by ourselves, unless we were in a big group with the whole church. But just to pray with each other, we did for healing, like if I needed healing or he needed healing, we'd lay hands. Uh, we did at meals, and that's good. Need to do that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um. <coughs> But to just pray together like for the church and things like that, we had not. So I believe it was Steve Sampson that gave us a word. And, and and actually, to tell you the truth, when he first gave us the word, we didn't even do it for a while. I repent. I'm sorry, Lord. But then we finally started doing it. And so we do it Monday and Thursday mornings. And then we, we do it night, uh, sometimes especially on Saturday night. We will pray together for the service the next day. So anyway... He what he one time he said to me, and uh I I forgave him for saying it. (laughs) Your husband has to be able to correct you. You you know. And so he said, um when you pray in tongues, it sounds like you're thinking about something else and you're just praying the same thing over and over again. And that's what he said to me. Yeah, He was scared after he said it. No, he I'm just kidding. No, I, no, I said, I, I said okay. So I, I went to the Lord about it and talked to the Lord about it. Because, you know, we all do that. You know, we fall into the... And especially if you're trying to hear about something, you'll just... You get hung. It's like a record that keeps playing the same phrase over and over again. So... I talked to the Lord about it, and the Lord kind of showed me this. He showed me, like, my my stand mixer. You know, I have a stand mixer. I don't have a hand mixer. Uh, those are handy, and sometimes I always, sometimes I wish I had one, but I stick with my stand mixer and use it. And so that stand mixer, you know, it's got a big bowl, and it's got, mine just has one beater. Like, you can change it out, but it just has one beater. Some of them have two. My mom's used to have two she had that old sunbeam for years. But uh mine has one and so you'll start mixing up cookie dough or something and you know what it'll do it slings every bit to the outside. And if you don't stop that mixer and get your spatula and scrape down the sides into the middle. Then it's not mixing. You can you can throw the 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 chocolate chips in the middle. It's all on the outside, and you can throw the chocolate chips in the middle, and it just sit there, and it won't do nothing. It's, it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything. So unless you scrape, you've got to scrape. So the Lord showed me that, and he showed me that's how it is in our spirit, in our belly. And he told me, he said, Debbie, how many times have you had hands laid on you through the years? How many impartations have I given you? And he said, You know, unless you scrape the sides, then you can pray in tongues and be really doing nothing, just kind of whipping air in the middle. And nothing's really stirring up because, you know, you're not getting in down in there and getting it. So, a lot of times since then, when I'm praying in the spirit, I actually see myself. And I, and I look in my belly and I'm like, oh, I'm, I, and I can tell that I am, it's like, that I am praying more effectively, that I am actually getting some stuff incorporated, getting some stuff going. There's been things imparted to us. There's been, uh, how many sermons have you listened to? How many times have you had hands laid on you? How, we ought to be so much further out there than we are. I mean, uh, how many th- how many things have we just watched on the internet? Teachings and and uh, get fired up. You can get all fired up, but if you don't do something to incorporate these things in your life, and that would be prayer, but and boldness and all that. But hallelujah, glory to God. We've had the we've had a lot of great speakers come and lay hands on a bunch of you. We've had lots of prophetic words. All of us. Uh, of what God's doing and what he, hallelujah. And it's all still true and it's all still coming. But I believe that we need to stir up some things in order to expedite it. So let's pray in the spirit just a minute. And I want you to pray different. First of all, I don't want you to let your mind wander. I mean, you know, that's always a good thing to do in prayer. It's also a good thing to do in worship. If you're not in there in worship, oh, let me tell you this before we do that uh Curry Blake he's do, I, re- I listened to a couple of things he had on the he's talking about renewing the mind and the mind, and he said that they have proven this scientifically that seven minutes of praise worship and thanksgiving reworks things up there. Seven minutes of praise worship and thanksgiving, and I would think you would have to be engaged, really engaged in it for this to work. But seven minutes of praise, worship, and thanksgiving releases some sort of chemical in your brain, and it heals lesions in the brain, which is Alzheimer's has lesions, Parkinson's has lesions, and I don't know, but I want everything like that. Seven minutes in praise, worship, and thanksgiving. And we sang a nine minute song tonight. That's what the YouTube said it was. Not YouTube, iTunes. iTunes said that song was nine minutes long. So if you engaged, you got you got some sort of chemical released in your brain. Things are being rewired in your brain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So anyway, we're gonna stir up tonight because there's a lot of stuff in every one of you here. There's healing. Did you know when you have hands laid on you for healing, that it doesn't dissipate or go away, that anointing stays inside of you? It stays in your spirit, in that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead? And sometimes if we stir up, we might uh, you know, keep it, keep it going better, I really believe. Keep healing working in our bodies. You know, Pastor Buzzy, remember the paper dolls? Okay, he used to say, you know, and he'd have that little tumor stuck on there with Velcro. Y'all remember that and that handle? And he'd talk about when you pray in tongues, it takes the, the it goes all over your body, and first thing you know, and he'd flick that tumor off. And the, <laughs> y'all don't remember that? That it was hilarious. <laughs> Pastor Buzzy was pretty hilarious. His wife got remarried. And she, got, she, she got somebody looks just like him. Could have been his brother. His hair's not the same, but he's got those teeth. Uh, um, me and Pastor call him horse teeth. <laughs> but I mean, I know that sounds awful, but we love Pastor Buzzy. <laughs> but boy, she's just the second one. You are just oh, they're they're just <laughs> lovey dovey. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> So we're going to stir up tonight. So let's do that rule. We won't take long. Praise God. Just stay where you're at and let's pray in the Spirit and stir up.